Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We are sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. As The Watchman, we will always call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and in front of truth. We will call out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. The Watchman on the Wall will expound on the underreported faction. We are doing that today with Annette Baker. We're happy to have her back. She's been away for a while. Annette, welcome back to The Watchman. Annette is a region chairwoman in the Berks Republican Party Committee. She's also running for the Pennsylvania State Senatorial Region District 11, uh, District 11 against Judy, the Marxist swank. And uh, she's running against her, and I think she's got a very good chance at it because, after all, Trump will probably win the district. And so Judy's going to have a hard time convincing voters to vote for Trump and vote for her, and that's going to make her case, I think. Welcome back to The Watchman, Annette. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back. We're glad to have you. And I want to talk a little bit about some of this uh, Operation Get Trump that we're seeing right now in the media. And we've been watching this go on now, this, this media malpractice over and over, what they've been using is a cudgel, constant. I mean, my sister even sent me a text message because my brother's a nurse up in Massachusetts. And uh, we were talking. She goes, oh, you want to, you know, give him a call and chat with him? Because, uh, of course, Annette's sister's a, you're talking about it. She was talking about her sister being a healthcare worker in Vermont. And I think what's interesting is that, the, you know, we, we talk our healthcare working, the family members, and, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about their concerns and all, but... I think the when you really get to the nitty and the gritty, you're finding out now that they're getting the PPEs they need. They are getting them now. But I think what's interesting on all of this is that you're looking at what's going on with this. And I, I, I think uh, what's compelling to me is how the media is responding. We hear a lot of healthcare workers being infected with COVID-19, the Chinese plague. This is what we're hearing. We're hearing that. We're hearing the threat to healthcare workers. We're seeing the press conference questions constantly coming up over and over and over about the PPEs. I think they're letting up now because they realize the PPEs are out there, but they were going on for about three weeks on this, four weeks, longer than they should have been, okay? I mean, we should have had this discussion in early March, and we needed to. The states were not prepared with the PPEs they needed. Many of the states were overwhelmed with what they needed. So, and they didn't replace their stockpiles in the states after the swine flu outbreak, 10 years ago. So they just didn't have what they needed. I mean, we know that. But, you know, Trump has mobilized the entire private sector and literally had manufactured PPEs, millions and millions of gowns and, and, and face shields and gloves and masks and everything they needed. So the PPEs are out there now. But what's interesting is I was looking everywhere for a study. I wanted to see how many healthcare workers actually were infected with the PPEs. Uh, you know, I wanted to know because they likely, and, and I think the reason I didn't find any real studies because there weren't a lot of studies out there, it's because they likely knew the risks were down and the deaths were down. The risks to medical professionals, I mean, and the deaths from infections among those healthcare workers was even lower than they were insinuating. Now, just read, you know, again, just to review, the PPEs are getting out there. We know this. So don't forget that. And again, the states had that responsibility. But what's what's interesting is 
to create this cudgel, CBS News puts a clip out there. It's a, it's a clip and shows news footage from an Italian emergency room. And they were trying to make it look like an emergency room out of New York City. And they put that out there and they said, oh, well, we made a mistake. It was an editing error. Well, folks, it's not an editing error. It was by, it was by deliberate design that they put this out there. But we're seeing, you know, we're seeing that they, they had this thing. They're trying to create this panic in the healthcare field. We had a fake nurse, I should say a, a, a pretend nurse. I mean, she's actually a practicing nurse, but she hadn't been practicing for about a year or so, we found out. But anyway, and that's got something she wants to share on that. But she was on Facebook declaring how she's going to quit her job, at, a job that she really didn't have at the time. She wants to quit because she wasn't getting the PPE she needed. I guess she's trying to use this as a cudgel against the president. Annette, what are your thoughts on this fake nurse, but also on the CBS News report uh, where they used Italian emergency room footage to try to make it look like it was New York City and all the dead bodies stacked? What are your thoughts? Well, again, you know, with the fake news uh, media, you know, the president is correct. Um, you should not have to do that. Um, if they're doing that, why? The first question everyone needs to ask is why would they do that? Why would they sub- put in and substitute footage like that? It's because we don't have that here. We didn't have something to keep the panic going at that point. So they wanted to, to keep, you know, everybody on edge and that's why they do that. And you can, you, you know, if the first time it happened, and I can't remember exactly. Oh, I know there was a, a a firing range. They said it was a war that was going on. I think oh, in yeah. Syria that oh, the yeah, war yeah, was heating yeah, yeah, up that's again. Right. That's right. And it was a firing range. That's and right. it was yep. they yep. substituted that footage in, yep. and they do it again, and they do it again, and they keep so, getting caught, and they so say it's an editing saying, error. Are you saying that you would not watch CBS News to get the actual news? I mean, would you if they had said if they had said like today was Saturday? Would you check the calendar? Well, of course, because <laughs> well, you we, know, it, you, it's sad because you can't trust them anymore. An amazing, there was a it's time. Amazing, it's an amazing thing. It's amazing. Yeah. Thing. You just can't trust them. And, you know, you brought up the nurse, um, you know, they, again, it was, it was CBS apparently that ran with the story. Um, you know, she had posted a video saying that she, um, had gone into work and she quit her job because the nurses were not being protected. And she said that, you know, she had gone into an IC unit, ICU unit and um, they were treating COVID patients and that none of the, the nurses were married, wearing masks and um, they didn't have masks in the, on in the hallway. Nobody had the N95 masks or anything like that. And, you know, it was like, well, we just don't have them, so too bad. Well, come to find out, that wasn't the truth. Nobody's retracted that story. There was a few people that actually on the internet pointed out that this was not true. And and that is the thing that bothers me the most. If this is really as horrible as they say it is, you shouldn't have to lie. And you don't cover it up. You be honest about it. And you, if... You mistakes are being made then they need to be they yeah. need to be taken care of yeah. and that's what i think you know the president has pointed out multiple times that the national stockpile was depleted that's right i even read an article well, where they were not, talking about some of that. the respirators that they were being sent yeah. the ventilators actually didn't work because yeah, but, the pieces had been rotted out 
But I want to ask, I want to point out in that now, it's it's not the nation's job to stock the state stockpiles. That's correct. We're not we're not the storefront of the states, the, the, a safety net, if you will. We, they shouldn't be referring to us as a safety net because they don't do their jobs and, and budgeting for PPEs. Look, everyone has blame to go around. Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden for six years didn't replace <laughs> the stockpile. And of course, Trump didn't for three years. So, you know, you, you have this blame there. I mean, everyone's got it. I'm not trying to trying to divert, trying to divert that. I'm simply trying to say, look, for the healthcare yep. workers out there to, to be declaring, I should say for the media, not the healthcare, but they're finding healthcare workers to put the story out there. The health the media is looking everywhere because this is Operation Get Trump. So they're out there trying to find the nurses that they can call on to do these interviews that can talk about how how they're hurting for safety. And I look, and again, there weren't any real studies on this. And I think I looked at the USA report. Now I'm going to share a little bit on this. Again, first off, the official guidance from the CDC uh, stated that the healthcare workers with COVID-19, the the Chinese plague, could work as long as they were not showing symptoms. And uh, many are are taking the temperature of these um, these employees as they come to work, so they're trying to figure out if they got symptoms. But notwithstanding, the number of healthcare workers per states varies per population, okay? Uh, for instance, in Vermont, Idaho, and New Mexico, they have a much, much lower physician and surgeon to population ratio than other states like Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, New York, Ohio, Florida, California, and so on. New York has almost 6,000, like 5,883 healthcare workers per 100,000 people. Massachusetts and Virginia both have about 1,200 per 100,000 and so on. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. But I, I wanted to say that prior to the article, like I said, which came out a couple of weeks ago, the reports of healthcare workers getting infected has only been anecdotal. If you look at the reporting on it, you're going to see a story here and a story there. But we had states that didn't have a definition of who a healthcare worker was, and some of them define them as people that you and I would not define as healthcare workers. So when you see some of the state statistics, like Ohio says 20% of their healthcare workers were infected, but they're not counting, they're, they're, they're not categorizing healthcare workers the same as, say, Pennsylvania is and some of these other states. So you got to take that into consideration when you're looking at the numbers of infected people. But USA Today did the report. They had 35 states respond. Now, the response, like Vermont, where Annette's sister works, uh, the, in Vermont, they say, uh, well, um, <laughs> we're, not, we're not responding. Their response was, we're not responding, okay? Now, we had nine states, okay, of the 35 that, that reported they're not tracking it, okay? And, you know, you got to ask why. If it's such a critical thing, why aren't they tracking it? You know, I mean, I, I thought that was very interesting. And I said, Vermont wouldn't share their data. And New York stated that they weren't measuring it, that it was unavailable. As of April 3rd, New York did not have any information on infected healthcare workers. I find that very distinctive, Annette, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, they, well, you know, they, they constantly hearken back to HIPAA. That, you know, it's, it's protecting patients' rights. That's why they don't give you the breakdown of how many people in your particular neighborhood or your community, maybe your township or, or borough that you live in, have tested positive. Um, they, they harken back to that. They say that the only breakdown they're going to give is the number of cases per county here in Pennsylvania. Um, but it's very easy to conflate the numbers then. 
because you really don't know. Number one, you don't know how many people, as you mentioned, have been asymptomatic or continue to be asymptomatic and are shedding the virus. That's one of the things that they're starting to figure out is that you can have no symptoms for two weeks and be shedding the virus all over the place, then get really, really sick, recover, and you've already spread it to who knows how many people. Um, and, and that's part of the problem is we just don't know enough about it yet. Um, and, and not keeping track of the numbers of people who are getting sick that are healthcare workers, that is a concern because we don't know um, the numbers well, why do you the think they're not that, doing it? Why do you think they're not doing it? I mean, again, I, yeah, I would, I mean, from what, my perspective, I would have to question how many people are actually getting sick. That's right. If and, and I don't want to. Majority of people are in the community that are getting sick, and not as many healthcare workers. That's what then I don't you want. You can't to say it's the PPEs. The that's PPEs right. that are coming in from China. First of all, who thinks that's a good idea? <laughs> to be <laughs> importing stuff from China that's supposed to be you know, stuff to protect us. I saw a video of, of some PPEs that were purchased by a hospital in France. They were pulling them out of the, you know, they had these nice little plastic bags that they were packaged in. They pulled them out and they literally are falling apart, disintegrating in their hands. Well, let me, let, they couldn't but, even put them on. But let me ask you, so your reason that they weren't reporting this or measuring this is because you think that they they just they knew the numbers were really low and they just they wanted to continue to use it as a cudgel because they're all part of Operation Get Trump. And so they're trying to target Trump here. And he is the target, not the virus. And so to, to put this missing. So you think it's a misinformation campaign, part of feeding that, correct? Well, I think that's part that, that could very well be part of it. I think that there are not a significant in Italy. They had a significant number of healthcare workers that yeah, were getting I'm talking, sick. I'm talking about, I'm talking about right here not in here in the United States. That's what I think is right, and I think that's the numbers. Because let's look at the numbers. You, you know, we talked about the. You talked about this before. The numbers themselves are significantly. The models were significantly off. That's right. With the number of people that were going to get sick, the that's number right. of people that are going to die, um, they've had to constantly scale those back. That's right. And if you're scaling those back to the general population. You're also going to have to scale those back for the number of people that are in the healthcare industry that are getting infected as well. There are people, and I've heard of a couple. Um, one was a young man. He was in his 20s that passed away. Um, he was a nurse. Um, he got sick, um, was exposed to COVID, and ended up um, passing away. He had an underlying issue with asthma. So it's not, you know, unfortunately, that's what they're finding is the more what they call comorbidities or more problems that you have that could be related um, we, can we make you sicker and, and you we, can die. And we discussed that in the last show, 90%. They're figuring right. 90% of all the deaths, all the fatalities to the Chinese plague are with people that have underlying conditions. But let's get to some of the numbers from the report because I, I, I think it's interesting. <clears throat> what we're seeing in New York, for instance. Now, we know New York has, I guess, about half or just about 40% or more of all the cases in the U.S., because they're doing so much testing there. But, I mean, the more testing you find, the more cases you're going to find. And, you know, it, it, it changes the ratio of deaths. But the real the real distinctive numbers that we need to be looking at are the fatalities and the and the percent and the number of people in the hospitals. That's where you got to watch. You don't want to watch the infection numbers, which I think right now the media is overhyping the infection numbers. What you have to look at, you have to really hype and talk about 
the, fatal, the, the, the number of people in the hospital, the hospitalization numbers, and the deaths, and of course the people on ventilators, because they, they eventually die mostly. So we have to look at that, and if, if that's dropping, or if that's holding, or if that's increasing. That's what you got to look at. But anyway, they found out New York had 1% of all their infective cases were healthcare workers. 1%. Now, they had 10 states that reported back, 10 states that had a total of 1,119 infected healthcare workers. Of course, they didn't get into who the states were. They really get that detailed into the description. So I'm just giving it to you from the report I got. I'd be interested to know what states had what. But we had 10 states in it. you got to figure some of these states with no cases aren't going to have any sick healthcare workers. Now, we know that states, we also know that there were a lot of states that were better prepared with PPEs that had fewer infected healthcare workers because they had the PPEs. States that weren't as prepared had more fatalities, I should say, more infections. Now, Pennsylvania had 4.4% of our healthcare workers tested positive for COVID. Now, you look at, that's about, that's about 800 people, about 800 healthcare workers, okay, that were infected, okay, tested positive. And again, you get into the numbers, we're going to get into that a little bit more. Oklahoma had 10.6% of their healthcare workers test positive. Uh, again, that's likely around five or 600. Uh, Ohio reported 20% of their healthcare workers. Now, again, we, Manette and I were just talking about that earlier. And it's the idea that how are they measuring healthcare workers? I'm curious to see what they're classifying as healthcare workers, because some of these states measure them differently. But again, 20% is high. Rhode Island had one quarter of all their cases where healthcare workers were infected. But when you're only looking at 1,200 cases as of a few days ago, then that's about 300 infected healthcare workers. So as you go on there, and again, you know from other reports, Massachusetts had about 4% of all their cases had COVID, uh, had, had COVID infections and so on. But based on the information released by the states so far, and the assumptions that we can make from the infection rates, we can see that we likely have less than 50,000 infected healthcare workers across the country. That seems like a high number, but you got millions of healthcare workers. Okay, so you have 50,000 healthcare workers infected with this, and we know that we're likely to have about eight or so percent get hospitalized. That's about 4,000. And we know what percent of the hospitalized ends up on ventilators and, and, and whatnot and respirators and ventilators and so forth. And, and again, how they, uh, and the underlying conditions and so forth. So when you know that 90% of all the fatalities have underlying health condition, based on the known data and percentages, we can presume that we had, and again, I'm, I'm saying that because we don't, there, there's no real effective report out there. I'm giving you information from my own studies on this, but uh, we've had probably less than, fewer than 50 COVID fatalities among healthcare workers in this country, actual fatalities. Uh, you know, from the research that we've looked at. And, and again, you, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, I mean, you know, uh, it just seems that way to me. I mean, I mean, you, you have to make, you can make those assumptions because you understand that there's a lot of these people, again, uh, because you, you can just see how they're measuring this. But from the research we've done, you can see that we've had as many as, I, I you know, if you make comparisons with other public service workers, if you will, police officers who died on duty, in 2020, we had 42 police officers die on duty. Now, that's from gunfire or auto accidents, but they died on duty. That's comparative to what I think healthcare workers who've died from COVID. And that might be why these reports aren't out there, Annette. Is that what you think, too? 
Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously right now the, the statistics and the, the numbers part of it, um, we just don't have that kind of information at our fingertips. They're not releasing that information. Right. Um, you know, and, and honestly, it's kind of hard right now to know. Um, and, and this may play into it. Uh, one of the things is, you know, you don't know if someone gets exposed because they're a healthcare worker at work. Or do they get exposed somewhere else in the community? Do they get exposed from home because someone in their home has COVID and you know maybe they um, are are being exposed elsewhere? And that that's part of the other part of the the epidemiology that has to happen later on. The analysis of the data later on is is you know they're going to look at all of these things and say okay. You know, can we narrow down where the infection started? That's part of it, what an epidemiologist does is they want to find out how does someone get infected with whatever particular illness they're looking at. And with this case, you know, that it's very important to figure out where are the pockets of, of infection. We know looking at New York City, part of the problem came from the Chinese New Year celebrations. There were a number of people, and this particularly happened in in Italy as well. Um, there were a number of Chinese, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Chinese people that went back to China um, to celebrate the Chinese New Year, and then came, you know, back to Italy, back to the United States, particularly in Washington as well on the on the east coast, or the west coast, or the left coast as we call it. Um, <laughs> you know they. Those were hotspots. Those were areas that they were able to identify. And that's part of the, you know, looking at things in the future. What what can we identify as, as patterns? So they're going to have to look at, you know, what underlying conditions, you know, if someone is a healthcare worker, how did they get exposed? Um, you know, can they trace the exposure to their to their work environment? Unfortunately for a number of them, and I've seen, you know, some heart-wrenching stories where, you know, a couple of, uh, one couple, the, the husband was an EMT, the wife is a nurse. Um, they had a three-year-old daughter that they had to send to live with other relatives because they were too afraid that they were going to bring COVID home and infect her. And she had posted, you know, her story on, on Twitter saying, you know, these are the decisions that we have to make because we are afraid that our child is going to get sick. So we had to send her to live with an aunt until this is over because we didn't know if we would bring it home. And, and, you know, this is part of the problem is that without being honest and, and upfront as to how many healthcare workers are getting this, you know, you look at the, the PPE issue and, you know, you mentioned it before, we were desperately sure when this first started, the states were not prepared. The federal government was not prepared. And yes, there there has to be some reckoning for that. We have to figure out what did we know? How could we have been better prepared? And I think those are the things that, um, particularly with, with President Trump, um, being that his business acumen is the idea of anticipating things, um, I don't think you're going to see this problem again um, under his watch. I think we'll see a much better uh, approach to stockpiling. I've heard a lot of uh, concerns um, from people that are in the healthcare industry that, you know, 
sterilizing the masks, using them repeatedly is something that is problematic and they are not feeling safe with reusing the masks. And the president had asked about that from the very beginning. Why can't we reuse a mask? Is there a way to sterilize it to help protect the workers and help us until we can start getting more shipments of masks coming in? And there were firms that actually knew how to do that. And they had developed a process where they could use ultraviolet radio, you know, uh, light to be able to, to sterilize the masks. And those are the kinds of out-of-the-box thinking that needs to happen. The idea of you know, using the ventilators differently, using oh. the ones that were in operating rooms and being able to retrofit them to use for but, patients but, that but, are, you know... But but I wanted to say, but but we can we can both ascertain this was not as big of a problem as the media was using this as a cudgel to make us all believe. And the evidence of that is there are there is no real statistical story on this. I mean, when I looked at the lack, if it was of, statistically in, significant, it would be trumpeted. If 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 it was that's right, that's statistically that's right, an anomaly. And that's why I that, think the, you media, know, the media let up after a month because after four weeks of hitting the Trump on this. They realize, okay, the PPs are out there and we don't have any deaths on this. So we're just going to, we'll let the fake nurses come out on YouTube and things like that. But we're not going to be out in front of this anymore. But I thought it was interesting. Which is really sad. It's really sad because in a situation where someone, okay, I'm talking about people out in the Midwest where you have the Indian Health Services, where they are dealing with people that don't have running water and electricity in their homes. Believe it or not, people do live that way out there. That kind of stuff, when you have fake news, you have false, this fake, you know, this nurse that was giving this fake story about her situation. Sadly, when you have real reports of people not having PPEs or having the resources that they need, it jades everyone, makes them very cynical. And to think, well, you're just making up another story like this person. Well, that is the problem with the fake news media that's right. and the way that they present things. If they would just be honest, it's like the boy that cried wolf. After a while, when it's real and you have to get someone's attention and it's important that you do that, no one's going to pay attention well, because everybody's going to say, you know what? You lied to us so many times. We don't know if we believe you anymore. Well, we, we have to leave it there, Annette. That was absolutely very well aptly put. Bottom line is uh, no one – I mean, the country sees the fake news for what they are, and they see this target – Operation Target Trump as the operation that it is, and they realize they're trying to, they're trying to take out Trump with it, and I think it turns off a lot of folks. Well, we got to leave it there, folks. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning into The Watchman today. Thank you, Annette, for being with us today. It was a big deal having you back on. We appreciate you taking the time with us. Thank you to all of our listeners for being with us today. Be with us every Saturday afternoon right here on AM radio, 1180 WFYL at 430 to tune in for the Watchmen. You can also tune in on YouTube uh, by clicking the listen live button on YouTube. But when you search in the YouTube bar, WFYL, you can also go to 1180WFYL.com and click the listen live button there. Or if you live in the listening area, just tune us in either way. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for tuning in. For Annette Baker, I'm Clay Bree. See you next week on The Watchmen. Goodbye for now.